Welcome back, everyone, to another Slab Stocks Monday live stream. Normally, we're live at 6 p.m. Eastern time, but for, but, but for Memorial Day, stumbling on my words, we're going live about an hour early right now, 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Um, so next week, if you want to come back and watch, because hopefully we do a good job and you like it a lot, um, we will be live at 6 p.m. Eastern time next Monday. But for everyone here, happy Memorial Day. And if you are serving in the military or if you did in the past or anyone that might have a uh, fallen family member, uh, we thank you all for your service for sure. And Nate, thank you for being here too. <laughs> well, I'm glad to be here. Glad to be here on this Memorial Day. Oh, and oh, there Nate goes hitting his camera. <laughs> when does he not? Uh, today, we have got a good episode and we're uh, going to see what we can discover here. All of you can add in your thoughts as well. But the title of the episode is how are we how we are buying the dip question mark maybe maybe there's not a question mark either way we're talking about the current uh, maybe suppression of the sports car marketplace which cards are the ones that are struggling and if you watched our episodes before you probably know which ones are struggling but we'll still talk about it now and how you can figure out what to do right now because I am actively buying as I am selling at the same time and I also talk about that too because it's not like a you know one or zero type thing it's not you either have to be buying everything or you can only be selling it's like you can do both at the same time i want people to know that because i get some dms that are like one of the pioneers of the industry and you're selling stuff i'm like well <laughs> you sell stuff to buy new stuff right so yeah can't can't hey, always and there might be a guy that you love but if you are up a thousand bucks on it and then you buy some bucks on it you know and, and it could go another thousand or a hundred dollars after that too yeah. right all right, let's let's get into and let's start the discussion off. So here's our lovely uh, cover photo, and I picked two cards we both got recently. So Nate uh, got a couple of Julio Rodriguez Mojo PSA tens, his favorite parallel out of the Mega Boxes. True. Also, Nate, do you get some of those Mega Boxes from this year, 2021? So six of them are supposed to come in Wednesday. Now let me tell you, <laughs> last year I got six. Yeah. First pack of the first box, I hit a, a uh, Jason Dominguez, and then I didn't hit anything. The next five boxes, so really trying to hold back on the whole opening all six right away thing. <laughs> but uh, we'll see. I'm not good at it. I'm not good at holding wax whatsoever. So that's why. That's why this isn't behind you right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd be breaking into some of that stuff. Uh, yes. Um, and then I put up my Mason Mount cracked ice auto I recently got, which is pretty much like a grail for me. Um, as a Mason Mount fan and collector, I have a lot of stuff of him, but uh, that is definitely my favorite card. And in the HGA slab, we've talked about HGA a lot of here in the past, but I also said that I, uh, I'm not particularly a huge fan, but I must say, as Nate pointed out to me, the blue label matching the blue Chelsea jersey with the cracked ice and the blue auto, it's pretty nice. I can't, and a little I can't bit of white, it. a little bit of white you see on the jersey to go along with the white of the rest of the card. Yeah, it's it's pretty nice. It's pretty nice, I have to say. Um, but let's jump into this. And just to start, want to give a little bit of data from Slabstacks Pro. Um, if you've been in the sports car marketplace for the last year, this is probably what a lot of your uh, perception is in the industry. You know, it's pretty low. Um, and this chart doesn't even go as far as back as to like Jan one of twenty twenty. This is August twenty twenty. Um, and then it really exploded the basketball cards into February. And then they pretty much have been dipping since February. But recently, this Kobe uh, did sell for $100 more in the last sale. It's Kobe Refractor PSA 9. Sold for $4,600 or something, $4,500. And the last one before that sold for $44. Obviously, it's not much of a increase at all. But point being is another one sold for a similar price after like 20 days. And um, this is pretty much how, how it's been going. And looking at the chart... Something very interesting is that there was like one sale that has been higher than all of the previous sales. You know, like all of the sales re after the dip have all been higher than the previous sales. There's only one sale that was actually made. Okay, I guess you could say like two to three after that, which would make you lose like a thousand dollars maybe. But the one big sale is really the big loser on this chart right now. The rest of them are pretty close to what it is now, or at least um, there was not many sales that happened you know, after the dip. The point is, is that a lot of people that have been in cards 
We're in very, very early. Okay, obviously, like a ton of people joined, but many people have bought this card are winners on this card. You know, potentially 99% of the people that bought in in the past two years are winners on this card. There's just that small 1% that's not, which is unfortunate. And that's at this moment. There's no saying that this won't spike back up in price or cards like this or the industry in general. Um, but there's certain cards that probably won't recover very well. But this is one that I might not say is one of those. Either way, the point being is that a lot of people over the last year or two years are up on the cards that they bought. They made money. And then the other thing is, is with that profit that they made, they generally bought something else to where like if that asset did go down in value or that card, you're still like up overall from the money you made originally. So it's good to keep in mind, like what have you done over the past year, two years and not get too worked up over one card that's dropped some. That's the point. Next, I just put five points on the screen, just a quick fire, how to operate in this dip and what, and I want you all to throw in your thoughts in the chat. Welcome everyone. I'm very happy to see you all on this Memorial day. Um, but we will, we will go through these five and then we will add in more points as we go. And Nate will give his points, but go ahead, Nate. Um, do you have more graphs? Uh, that's the only one for now, unless you want me to pull up a different one. What do you want? Um, I was just thinking to myself, obviously you and I would like to think this is a dip, right? We'd like to think that the cards will go back up in price. But if you look at that graph, you know, it's pretty steady 2020 and then raises, but it's still not back to what it was 2020. And who's to say just right now with everything else happening in the world that it doesn't, you know, instead of this being a dip, it's just going back to what it was. Sure. But I think that that's why I brought these five points, which is more so like what constitutes as a card to look into what might not, because I, I will tell you, there's probably a good amount of stuff that is not going to get back to what it was ever. And Shout the biggest piece top series two rookie. So the biggest point for that is number four, buy cards that won't have tons of cards graded by PSA in the next year. Um, the biggest thing that's going to hurt some of these cards is going to be that there's too many cards that are going to be up for sale of the exact same card, exact same grade, or even a nine or 10. And there's just only so many people that want those cards um, continuously. And it's not necessarily the collector's market that wants those cards continuously. And if the people who were buying them to flip them and, you know, made money up the chain aren't looking to buy them back again, there's going to be not many people there to buy them. Right. So here's another thing that I want to bring up is that, I think we can all agree just as much as social media helped the car market boom. It's also probably the thing that's pushing down some of these prices the most <laughs> because how many times do we see when there's panic involved in something people run to sell or people like act, you know, irrationally all that stuff just because of what someone else says, you know, on social media, pretty much the same way that prices can shoot up in price, right? Like the can dip the exact same way. So it's going to be a real terrible if Vegas Dave ends up being correct. <laughs> See, the, here's the funny thing, though, is that like I know that the high dollar market is not something that like 99.99% of the people in this chat or myself or Nate can play in, but like there are still massive cards selling for record prices, like oh, monthly. Yeah. But so, I mean, uh, that doesn't affect that doesn't affect us at all, right? No, no, no. I I know it doesn't, but that it can. Uh, indirectly like if there's somehow you know the Gretzky sale I'm sure it bumped up some of the lower graded cards I don't have data cool. backed up this second but that's an indirect way that it could affect people here um, and really it all has to do with what cards this is to point number three I didn't really read these up read these off but three is buy cards collectors want um, and yourself too then that's why number one is buy cards you like but when it comes to cards that collectors want there's more value to it than just, uh, oh, I think Christian Yelich update PSA 9 rookie can go from 50 to $75. It's like, oh, I think that this can go from 50 to $100. Plus, I think that um, collector down the line a year from now is going to really want that card too. And I can't really say that collectors are going to be jumping for joy over base PSA 9s and 10s over the next year. <laughs> hey, question, question for you. Go. So... Um, I know you didn't cover like grade here, but thinking out loud, there is a Fernando Tatis top series two pink number to 50 ending tonight. Sure. 
Um, now, obviously, pink is not like the most sought after color. The father stay blue and the mother stay pink. Not the most sought after colors, but number to 50. But it's a BGS 8.5. So how likely would you be to, instead of buying like a gold, uh, maybe with a better grade for a similar price, buy the pink for, you know, uh, a BGS 8.5 looking 10 years into the future when you're like, I think 10 years down the line, somebody's really going to care that this is number to 50 for Fernando Tatis when he's two-time MVP and, you know, whatever. Yeah, so this is more of like a collector question. Like, what do you think yeah. someone will want more type of deal? You think there's value in going for the lower grade right now and just holding? Or do you think we should still stick to... That's Okay, so it's a different story because honestly, the golds are rare enough to where I think that it matters, you know? Like... I think they're the gold numbered out of 2019. And once you grade it in like a gem mint condition, like the PSA 10, like that's rare. Like those are going to be like pop, I don't know, a couple hundred, 300 maybe. And that's just off the cuff. You know, you'd so have to look still, it up. So still, no matter what, can't be higher than the, the pink out of 50. No, correct. I mean, I it's higher. Can't right, be lower. Pink, yeah, the pink serial numbered obviously is going to be the, the, the more scarce card. I guess let me put it this way. When I made that trade for the Mbappe, I got two PSA 8s, two very rare cards. One's number out of 30, one's number out of 150. I valued those higher to myself than if I were to go and get a gem mint um, white out of 99 of Mbappe. So that's a good way of putting it in context because I can't really talk myself on Fernando Tatis, I suppose. But like, I rather would have the PSA 8 tie-dye select number out of 30 than the BGS 9.5 white out of 99 which is worth actually even less than the tie that PSA eight, but I, I would rather have the more scarce card for sure. Yeah. Now pink, I, pink's I'm, a little different story because pink's you know it's not like it's not like it's a black. I, you know, pink is not pink is not beloved. Yeah, it's I, not it's I, not I Independence mean. Day seventy six. But but I do think there's probably you know if you're looking for value and if you're trying to like when people are buying top series two and they're like should we buy top scroll I'm like yeah probably sure people's preferences change. Um, I do think there's a possibility that you get a good enough player far enough down the line where you're not finding pinks anymore. And um, there could be insane value there, even in a BGS 8.5 and insane value today because you can get it cheap because it's not right. loved and it's a poor grade. Right. And if you also think about it, like people still need that card if they're a Tatis collector, like, a you know, for a rainbow type of thing, like they're going to want that card. Maybe a pink of like, and this is another talking point too that I should bring up. A pink of someone like um, I don't know, Javier Baez, who while I'm sure Cubs fans like like him and stuff, I'd say the greater market isn't like give me Javier Baez cards right now. And I'm probably correct in that. Um, they might not be chasing after for a guy like that, but probably for a guy like Tatis, I'm sure a lot of people will. Um, and I also want to talk about how it, cards were three years ago. Um your, your player needs to play well. Your player needs to add to his legacy. And your player needs to progress in the like total, total landscape of the game. In the past year, prices of guys who have not done really anything to add to their legacy, have not added anything to become better, have went up in price based off of pure speculation, um, which is not how it was and probably is not how it's going to be going forward. So I really want people to understand that like, you need to bet on players you think are going to be better in the future. You have to. It's going to be a big part of the market going forward. Um, I, I foresee as the base PSE 9s and 10s and all that stuff goes back to reality and what it used to be, I, I foresee that the rest of the market dynamics will also be returning to what it used to be, where you know, unless guy like Fernando Tatis, or not even Tatis is obviously amazing, but a guy a tier lower than Tatis, how about that? adds an MVP or adds an all-star start or something. Why are people going to see a price increase in those cards, right? Like you have to do something to alter the price of the card versus in the past is just hype, right? Or the last year, I should say I meant. Yeah. And also bless and breaks. I don't want to really like, I get why you said this, but I don't want to be lumped into the necessarily. I don't call it a crash because I think that there's so many aspects of the market that are sticking here. There's so many people that are still involved. There's still so many people that still love it. Like going to these shows, I've never seen more people at shows buying, selling, trading. I've never seen more people. You know, like that stuff is like ingrained in people now. Um, 
there are certain aspects of the market that are, that are sliding extremely quickly and not going to recover. I, I guess I could call some of these things a crash, but not everything. There are certain cards that are dropping price that I believe are going to see demand in the future higher than right now. And there are certain cards you can go buy it. I, I mean, I just did it myself. Went into a card show uh, and bought those Noel V. Martes. I bought two for 185 sold one for 165 right? And it's, you know, there's still money to be made and there's still prices going up. It's just, it's, it's, if, if you're holding on to crap and I have a lot of crap, um, <laughs> you're probably going to want to sell. Like I got to get around to selling some of my stuff on eBay and I just, I just don't because it, it's just not exciting, but <laughs> I might as well take the $10 here, $10 there and get out of it, then hold it and watch it go down to a dollar. Yeah. Also, really quick here. Bitcoin crashed at 19K to 7K. It was a crash. It took almost 10 years, but it did recover, but it was a crash. I'm not sure about you, but Bitcoin went from 19K to 7K when I was like a sophomore in college, and I know I'm not 10 years older now, or at least seven more years older than that. That was like, what, three or some years ago? I don't know if that was just an exaggeration of 10 years, but definitely was not 10 years ago. Um, do you think it's becoming a less worth it to submit to PSA with them grading tougher? It depends what card it is, but I think definitely. I mean, I was actually going to bring this up too. I sent in a Super Express submission to PSA about a week ago. It got graded within like four or five days, which is much quicker than the previous time I sent in. Like it was entered, graded, grades back to me in like four days, which was crazy. The other time it took like at least a week and a half to, to two weeks. And they crushed a couple of cards. That I know for fact were not the grades that they got. Like, there's just no way that these cards graded that way. I've graded hundreds upon hundreds of cards in my lifetime. Had another person that's looked at probably millions of cards look at them, and there's just no way they came back that way unless something altered the cards condition between when I sent it to them and when they graded it. Um, which who knows? Sometimes it's possible. I've heard of people, you know, getting cards back from PSA and they're dinged up, but. I just couldn't believe some of the stuff. On the other hand, I sent in a, the other submission. I thought some of the cards I sent in the grade would lo grade lower than they did. So there seems to be some inconsistency here, and you definitely need to pick and choose your spots when grading because sometimes it's hard to stomach three hundred dollars grading on something that gets wrecked, you know. But then there's other times where it really does help it too, so it's worth it. Like I found it both worth it and not worth it on certain cards. I'm learning, picking and choosing my spots more. And also, this is a great point too. Prices are not worse than they were a year ago. A few months is not a crash. We need to zoom out too on the industry and think about like what was it like, you know, last year, May 2020. <laughs> a lot of this stuff is up a ton of money. Maybe it comes back to reality. Specifically May 2020, April 2020, March 2020, when COVID was just starting. Exactly. And and a lot of the time I think that uh you know, bringing it back to those levels makes sense. You know, like it's hard to see some of these cards just rise for forever with how many there are and how much it's getting graded, which so it makes sense that it happened, you know? And I think that's fair. You want people to be careful. I just, I just, sometimes we, we like to lump things in together, you know, lump everything into gen, make broad sweeping generalizations about one thing or another. Whereas like, yeah, a lot of uh, base market is crashing. Can we agree to that? Yeah. The base market is definitely crashing. And if I were holding on to base cards and I have a lot of PSA and now I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to lose money on my PSA grade, which is not order, which is not something I expected to have happen when I sent it in six months ago, right? Seven months ago. Um, but at this point now I'm like, wow, I might be lucky if I make any money off of my PSA order, which stinks, but it is what it is. Um, so yeah, the base market is definitely crashing, but some, some you have to ask yourself if it even deserved to be up there in the first place. Yeah. You know, 15,000 really pop cards. I know I love baseball cards. I wouldn't hold on to a Fernando Tatis top series to it. I, I literally couldn't care less about it. I know it's Fernando Tatis it's a, and he's a great player, but I couldn't care less about the card. Now, if somebody gave me a gold, I would hold on to that. Right. Or a like valued card of maybe like a bowman chrome blue refractor rookie of 150 if that's you know at some point i'm sure that is worth around the same yeah yeah it's just there's i mean 
but you're picking and choosing what the 70% is. That's my point, bless and breaks. You're saying 70%, but there are cards right now that I have in my possession that are not down 70% and are up 70% from four months ago. Not down. Yeah. So you're just you're just picking and choosing. Maybe it's the stuff you have. Um, you know, some of the stuff I have is also down 70%, sure. But it's not everything. And it's not the, uh, you know, it's not premium cards. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Like, over the last three months when I got back into soccer really hard, like, I've had a very good time. I've been having fun with it. And I've been making bad moves and smart moves at the same time. Like, I don't want to say that everything's all roses and rainbows because it's not. Like, I've made plenty of moves that are like, oh, come on, Aaron. What do you, why do you do that or something? Why do you buy that? Or, you know, why do you sell that? Whatever it is. Like, everyone learns as they go. But if you're choosing stuff that has, oh, I think we just walked it off. Really? We did. Urius. Here on a sack bunt. Wait, it says Urius right single, single the deep right. Luis Urias, single the deep <laughs> right. Omar Vaz scores. I knew I was a big Luis Urias fan. Dude, I got so many of them, so many cards. Okay, but back to the back to the main point. Like, if you buy cards that people can't automatically sell off on a massive downturn, like I've focused my collection mostly right now on cards that are like either pop a hundred or less based on super short print or like serial numbered of like 500 or less or 300 or less. Like that's not a, a, a finite rule, by the way. Like I definitely have like some Sapphire rookies of Mason amount that are not like, you know, pop a hundred or less or serial number of 500 or less. But the point is, is that Nate's right. You can't lump everything into the 70% cause I could come out and show a bunch of things that have done well for me over the last four months, but I'm not, I don't want to do that obviously, but the point is, is that if you look and see what to buy that could gain value in the future based off of uh, collectability, off of PSA grading standards, like you definitely don't want to buy something that's going to have like a 3,000, 5,000, 10,000 pop in the next like two years. You know, like you don't want to buy that. And people are getting smarter too. People are getting smarter. Yeah. People aren't succumbing to buying a 30% dip on prison base if they know that the next person the next time around isn't going to want it. Yeah. So instead, they're going to take the money and buy something else. Look, there was a lot of money to be made on base. And it was nice for everyone while we were in it. But uh, I don't think it was very... And, and, you know, we were a big proponent of base when it was Juan Soto tops PSA 10s at $30. Yeah. And Ronald Acuna. And um, pop, pop like 1000 or 2000 Yeah. Yeah. Now that it's pop fifteen thousand, just three hundred dollar prices for those cards. That's not healthy no. or good for anybody. You think there's fifteen thousand people that care enough to even collect one of them? Yeah. You know, to collect it, not just to buy it to resell it, but to actually collect it. Because if you don't have somebody trying to collect these cards at the end of the line, it yeah, yeah, I agree. Or at least hold hold for a long, long time too, if it's investment based. Uh, you honestly think if you sold a serial number Zion Prism Tay, you get more than February or March? I was not saying that because I didn't buy any Zion serial number Prism, so I can't speak to that point. Um, you have to definitely look at stuff that and like how fast it gains value, and figure like if that Zion Prism like tripled in price from like this or November until March or February, like no way am I buying that, right? You know, I'm waiting until something else changes. You know, price goes down or something, which I think a lot of people would have done who weren't buying into the hype, I suppose. Although Zion's amazing. I mean, that's the type of player that, like, you buy when a serial numbered stuff is low, and you can definitely see some gains in the future, I think. Yeah. And, you know, this whole reason, this whole thing we're talking about is why I like to stick to baseball prospects. Because you got guys like Zion who played really well and his price dropped, right? You've got guys, uh, football quarterbacks that entered the offseason and their price rose and now they're dropping like rocks. But you buy the right baseball prospects uh, for Bowman Chrome cards and they seem like they're impervious to uh, drops, at least guys that haven't hit yet, which is what I like to do anyways, because right. it's fun to get the next guy and the next guy after that. Here's another thing. Uh you're saying it's not a dip and it's not a correction. In my mind, when I hear correction, it's like it's correcting because 
all these like thousands upon thousands of PSA slabs with the same card is going down while the other stuff is getting more looks. Like that makes sense to be a correction. I guess I don't know if I'm just not understanding the terminology correctly. If a correction means that's supposed to then regain to that same status someday, but that's not what I think when I hear correction. So I would say it's a correction. That's what I would say. But I might just be naive in the terminology. Um, I saw another thing. Base is not dead. It will rise with a similar percentage after this correction with the rare stuff with, of course, a bigger price gap. Don't you guys agree with that? I think it also depends on how low this stuff goes. I mean, to tease PSA 10, Top Series 2, let's just say for whatever reason it gets back to the $40 it was per card when it was like, when was that, Nate, like January of 2019? Well, it was it was $30 per card when somehow Pete Alonzo hit 70 <laughs> Yeah, so it was like 30 in like January of 2019, I think, or something, 30 or 40 Um I could see if it's $40 a card, it could rise. If his rare stuff is like tripling, quadrupling in price over the next four years, I could see it. But at the same time, when these cards are hundreds and hundreds of dollars and still hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cards are getting graded, that's the problem. Because what's happening is people that bought these cards non-graded, they are getting them back from PSA. They pro probably paid super cheap on the card. They probably paid even cheaper on the grade than what it is compared to now by like a long shot. So they're in a Tatis PSA 10s if they graded them themselves for, I don't know, 35 bucks, 40 bucks. Well, you what they could have been grading them for eight. Okay, but I, I know, but I'm saying like at the most, maybe 50 bucks if you're buying yeah. them non graded and grading them and you're spending maybe like 20 bucks grading, maybe it's even 50. But every single person that does that is okay with selling right now at 150 and making $80 after fees. Every single person. So it's going to take a full cycle of people getting them graded, getting them back, selling them to ever like get to that point to where these things would then increase in price. Can you agree with that? Sure. Sure. A lot of this stuff is just, I mean, it's all kind of crap anyways, right? What do you mean? I don't mean to be, I don't mean to be like rude about the cards, but like nobody cares these P Alonzo's I've been sitting on for ever, <laughs> right? Cause I never sent them in to get grading. And now I'm lucky. I didn't send them in to get graded because that had been a waste of money. Yeah. Um, especially with how PSA is grading. Like, what am I going to do with these? Put them up for sale $5 for four. <laughs> I mean, that's the point where we're at right now. And I can't blame anybody for not buying them because this just doesn't move the needle in anybody's heart. Well, right? it doesn't only really move the needle, but any reason why people were buying in the past, buy it for $5 graded for $10, $15, $20, whatever it was. Yeah, sell it you can't do that. You can't do it. You can't do it. You can't grade it with PSA, all that stuff. Yeah. And I, for one, personally, I don't hate this. Um, I mean, I know it stinks. People are losing money, and in, including me. But I don't hate that it's getting back to what it was because, like, it was absurd that guys like Akil Badu could be hot for three games stretch and prices pop off. And then, you know, the people buying at the height after the three day thing were going to be just absolutely getting tanked. And now you can avoid that by having a three game stretch and maybe his card price goes up 10 bucks, which would be the ideal situation. And then extended period of success and his card prices maybe, you know, double by the end of the season. Right. And let's think. Also, I saw a good comment earlier, like people, you know, you can still make money. It just won't be as much money. You know, a while back, you can make money doing any of these card things. We were, you know, we were doing it forever ago. And it was like you're ecstatic going from $25 to $35 versus going from $25 to $200. Everyone's expectations got so high with how fast everything is getting priced that it's like, uh, you know, when I was between the ages of like, you know, 12 and 20, no, 12 and 19, um, I was super thrilled about making like $10 on a card or something. Yeah. Um, Mike, oh, not the one I wanted to click on. Uh, Mike, ask yourself, is Albert Pools any good? I don't think that's fair right now. Albert Pools is 40 years old. Um, obviously, none of these guys are probably going to become as good as Albert Pools was because he was unbelievable. Uh, but, you know, usually a lot of these guys and uh, Slab Stock Sam and I just talked about this 
on his podcast uh, right before we jumped on here about Russell Westbrook and how the world's kind of turned on him because they don't really care about triple doubles anymore. And his price card prices are dropping and his popularity in the NBA is dropping. Um, but I think a couple, you know, a little bit down the line, people are going to realize that they went too far on Russell Westbrook and his prices are probably going to start rising again. Once they realize that, Hey, actually this dude was a stud and super fun to watch. And then you'll make the hall of fame and, you know, be a hall of famer and people will remember his, uh, triple double season. And it will, you know, steadily rise after that point. And the same thing with Albert Pools, right? Um, and so it's, you know, obviously you can't ever compare like a Wander Franco to an Albert Pools, but it's tough to say that none of these guys will get there either. I don't know where Frank, I'm going. Frankie, thank you for the $10 super chat. Uh, are we at the beginning of the slab, slab junk era or junk slab era? Um, I think that that $10 was for recovery for Nate for his Pete Alonso. <laughs> um definitely definitely there is going to be a lot of slabs that a lot of people are not going to want in their possession i guess that that's the best way i can say it there are also going to be a lot of slabs that people do really want in their possession like guys i am a collector i have been my whole life i have been buying and selling my whole life i have been buying a lot recently i've been picking and choosing my spots on rare stuff of players that I think are going to progress over the next two, three, four years. And I'm going to be grading those. I'm going to be, you know, trading my way up. Now, luckily um, for myself and gratefully I am that I've been in the hobby for so long. I was able to kind of build my way from like very, very little to a really nice collection to where I can play in the higher dollar range. Um, I don't want to excuse that. I don't want to, you know, try to just brush it by. Like I'm very thankful for that. I'm very grateful. Um, it's just kind of a perfect storm for someone like myself who's been collecting their whole life to bet, you know, kind of actually like bet every single thing I had on cards for the longest time. And then it actually worked out like really well. Um, and that's allowed me to build up to where I am today, making those Mbappe trades and stuff and, and whatnot. Um, but I I'm enjoying some of these prices dropping because even if I bought something higher, I'm buying the next sale of this rare card. <laughs> so the last two that came for sale, I'll buy both. I'll average the two of them. And it'll get the price in the middle. And if no more come up for sale for the next three months, you know, I have the ones I can sell type of thing. So like it is all rare stuff. It is all stuff. I think that players are going to, you know, be better in the future. I'm not just trying to buy something because I think I can make a quick buck on it. Cause it's a, you know, a guy that might, I might not like that much, but I bought it at a good deal. Like I don't want to spend money on that. Started pouring outside. I thought you were um, gonna say something. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I do like this point. Oh, not this one. My bad. Oh, where is it? Oh, there it is. Only people who want to make big money quick are, are nervous, just like any investment. If you have a long term time on the horizon, you're okay. Players have to perform too. And uh I agree with that. I mean, are you nervous, Aaron? Are you nervous at all? Do you look at this market and say, Man, I am so nervous for all of my money in cards? No, I've been doing this my whole life. I've seen yeah. the ups, I've seen the downs. I've been holding for forever. I have so many cards right now. I just bought like, it's it is what it is. I mean, prices are gonna go down. I'm gonna hold them. I'll sell what I'm making money on to help recoup some money that I can spend on some other cards. Like Yeah, I'm not nervous either. Buy, you know, try find find a sport. The best thing I could say is find a sport that you really like. Probably now is probably not the time to buy into every single sport. Yes. If you don't know it. Right now is the time to buy into the sport that you know the best so that you know what guys you think aren't valued and then play the long game with them. If you are playing a short game with soccer and you don't care about soccer, you're probably going to get burned, right? Yeah. There's no more buying Mbappes for $2 a prism or whatever. Um, those days are gone. And Wait, can I, can I go back to that really quick? Yeah. So Nate said buying Mbappe prism rookies for $2 a piece. I was doing that, which is why he said that. And I imagine, and I will never buy an Mbappe Prism rookie ever again in my life. A base, a base rookie. I won't. I can't justify to myself ever spending whatever hundreds of dollars is for a nine or a 10 on a car that I was buying for $2 and that I can get whenever I want. That's the type of thing that people do when they've been buying for a while. So the people like myself who are going to be constantly buying the industry over the next five years are not going to be buying those cards. And those are the people that are going to drive the prices further on different items too. I want to make that clear. Anything that's going to go up in value over the next five years are going to be people that are sticking around in the industry. They're collecting. They're finding new rare things to hold on to, to buy, to sell, whatever it is. 
Yep. It's not going to be the things that people don't want that are really in love with the hobby like myself. Yep. And another point is Mike Petty is not nervous sitting on a mantle rookie uh, PSA six, presumably PSA six. Um, and another thing to that is if you're really, really nervous, move all that. And, but you like cards, move all that money into hall of famers. They're not going to, they're not going to tear their ACL. They're not going to get Tommy John surgery anytime soon. Um, and unless you're uh, Pete Rose, you're probably not going to do anything to make the news for wrong reasons. This is a good one. The quick flippers left, thus the demand did not. Oh, I see. Sorry. The quick flippers left, thus the demanded two. Not hard to figure out. Still a ton of people buying, just smarter about it. 100% true. There are many people just like myself. You can go read our Instagram post this morning. They're still saying they're buying sports cards. They're still trading on our Instagram post this morning. They just know what they're buying and they know they're picking their spots. Before, sure, let me buy 10 base rookies of Curtis Jones that I can grade for $15, wait two years, get them back, and a 10 is going to sell for 75 That's not the case anymore. I bought probably five Curtis Jones rookies for $10, $14. I'm never going to get that money on ever again because I thought I was going to be able to grade them. So I made a mistake there. No doubt about it. But I had the same thought that everyone else did when they were buying base rookies, you know? Like, I knew that it could be an easy path to, you know, three times in the money in about a year. I also bought a bunch of colored Curtis Jones and rare Curtis Jones because I knew that that was a better buy. But I bought a few of the base ones just to, you know, get something else I wanted to flip. Um, Man, it is it is absolutely pouring out there. It's not raining by me at all. I hope not. I got to play some soccer after this. Uh, you guys are on the cutting edge discussing the realistic outlook of this stuff. I've sold zero cards in 20 years, LOL. Only saved blue chippers, so what do I know? I do appreciate people that come in here and say, like, oh, thank you so much for talking to me about this. I go listen somewhere else, and, you know, it's just – it's not – you know, it's sugar-coated this and that. Um, we try to at least bring as much realistic opinion as possible to this and uh, also share your you all's opinion as well versus just sitting there and just saying our opinion. Um, which is why I like when you all put in the chat and we can show them on here because it helps getting everyone's um, thoughts going. Yeah, and and you know the thing is, it would be good for us if Aaron and I, it would be good for Aaron and I if the market kept going up, right? It could only be good for us as a content company around sports cards if the market kept going up, it would be profitable for us. It going the other way, it would be really easy for us to be like, Oh no, it's everything's fine. Everything's fine. And you know, for the most part, there are fine things and there are very unfine things. And it's just the way it is. And you just have to adapt. Everything in life you have to adapt to. You know, not everything nothing ever stays the same. I agree. Can you still see me fine? My thing yeah. shows like one, two bars. I just want to make sure. Hey, you're good. Um for the last like three years doing this, I think we've had to adapt maybe like a million a thousand times or something, you know, something crazy like that. You know, we've always found different ways to um, – and this is not about cards. buying. This is not time about buying cards. This is time about Slab Sex's business. Find ways to keep people engaged, to do what we love, and to keep driving forward. Um, when Nate and I started this, we were making like literally zero dollars and just doing this you know, because we loved it. We knew we had something in our hands and we could build something. Um, three years later, you know, we've obviously built this much bigger than it was at the start, and it's only be, been because we were willing to change – with the market and figure out how to keep going. Nate and I didn't talk about a single thing other than Bowman Chrome prospects. When we started this company, literally yeah. nothing else. It's true. By about month four or five, maybe three and a half or four. I knew we had to get into the other sports. We started covering basketball and moving and football and all that stuff. You have to always adapt to figure out what's going to be better in the future. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what you're doing. And cards is no different, especially when you're buying and selling cards themselves. And I will say, for any of you that have not gone out to a card show yet since COVID and everything, and you really love this industry and you want to stick around, please do it. Um, it is going to bring you a lot of joy in the industry. That is why I'm here today is because I've went to card shows since I was 10 years old. I went to the uh, national since I was a sophomore in high school. I'm not here without doing all of that. Like that's how you build memories. And that's how you build relationships and friendships and obviously buy and sell cards too. There's a lot of that going on. 
but please go to a card show if you can. It's going to help you a lot. Find what people like, figure just like read demand and everything. Um, you you got to do it. And um, I, I welcome you to come to the national in Chicago at the end of July, July 28th to August 1st. We'll have a booth there. It'll be the biggest show in the world. Probably the biggest show ever of any card show. Um, and you're really going to see firsthand how many people actually care about the industry. Cause in the midst of like the crash, as everyone's calling it, there were thousands of people in Dallas buying, selling thousands of dollars, changing hands, trades, changing hands, which is not a bad thing. Uh, everyone's trying to make it seem like that's a bad thing to trade cards. It's not a bad thing to trade cards. It's a very good thing to trade cards. You get a lot of movement in your collection. You make a lot of other people happy. The only time it's a bad thing to trade cards is when you have cards that no one wants. And I think that's what we're starting to see here with the market because you can't make the trades then. Yeah. And um, another thing along those lines, just a pet peeve, is the people that go to card shows and set up and then won't move off of there. This is what I paid for the price. The card is down $100, but I still want $400 because that's what I paid for. That's how you get stuck with uh, cards you shouldn't be getting stuck with, a la Pete Alonzo. And uh, pet peeve of mine. Pet peeve. <laughs> Let me say this. That's also a pet peeve of mine because I pick and choose my spots. I lose money on a lot of cards. Um, I have over my lifetime. I've also made a lot of money on different cards. You have to look at it as a whole and not as a one if you look at every single card you're buying and selling as like it's this card i can't lose money on. i need to make it you'll never sell it and you're going to keep on doing it you're not going to be able to get new things you're not going to be able to uh move your cards around all that stuff you know oh global sports card investor says there are zero international shows aaron maybe we will have to uh i actually saw one in australia from uh anthony collect connect he uh hosted one in uh well Australia. Well, he's from Australia too, global sports car investor. But also, I do think it'd be fun to do that. Oh. Um, uh, what did I just see? I just saw something. I just saw something. Oh, <laughs> John Cash. Why the Pete Alonso hate? <laughs> I don't. I don't hate Pete Alonso. It's just the first card I can get my hands on. That is a card that I could have probably sold for five dollars, and now I can sell for a buck, probably. So don't don't take this as a I hate Pete Alonso. Uh, Oscar, I have a soccer ball. No worries. <laughs> He's concerned about the soccer playing after this. Um, Justin, here's another thing. Like everyone's buying, buying Justin Herbert at the all time highs. It's like that's the type of thing that you look the other way on. You have to. You have to understand that so many of his cards are going to get graded over the next two years. That. Prices go up too fast on a guy that isn't going to play for the next six months and stuff like that. Like, you just got to be cautious about those types of cards. Yeah. Um, and, you know, one thing about Justin Herbert is even if you're a Chargers fan, how could you buy in at those prices? Like, even if I was the biggest Chargers fan in the entire world and you need Chargers fans to be into Justin Herbert because they need to be the ones buying it for it to sustain. How could anybody buy in at those prices? And you can't. And you look at the division and say the Broncos do end up getting Aaron Rodgers. And you've got the Broncos with Aaron Rodgers and the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes for the next couple of years. And all of a sudden, you're the Chargers with Justin Herbert. People are going to lose so much money because of – I get it. He was amazing last year. He truly was. But I don't think people ever have the long view of, okay, who, who are they playing every year? Uh is it likely they're going to make the Super Bowl in the AFC, this and that? Do you think they're going to get through Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson? No. No chance. So people are just – it is truly one of the single worst investments out there. People are being so dumb with their money. Yeah. All right. I saw a combo HGA slabs not selling in Dallas. Here is my HGA slab I got. First HGA slab ever. A little review on the slab for those wondering. It's the Mason Mountain Crack Dice Auto. Um, I like, I actually like the slab, like the feel of it. It kind of feels like it's glass, which is interesting. It doesn't feel like a, a plastic slab. I mean, you can tell it's plastic, but like the way it's like rounded on the edges and stuff, it feels like it's kind of glass. The label is interesting because the label looks pretty cool. Like, yeah, to admit, like the blue with the blue, like we were talking about earlier, it looks cool. But the corners are literally dinged on the label. Like, they're rounded. The, they're kind of whitening around the edges. Um, I probably can't get to focus enough. Maybe I can. Tariel can see what I'm talking about. 
But also people are saying that they're valuing HGA slabs the same as raw. One second here. Can you see that, Nate, in the top corner? Yeah, uh, the, up there? the it, it's dinged. Oh, the corner? I can't see that. No. Right there. Of the slab? Yeah, no, yeah, the, the label. That. The label. You see that's white? What? You can see that? It was pretty fuzzy. No, it wasn't. I just switched the focus. It was pretty well, fuzzy on my end. People get it. The, the 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 thing is is like it's like whitening the the corners of the paper, which is kind of odd. You think you would have like sturdier paper that wouldn't damage itself, which is like it's not something I really envy in a card or a case. Um, but in terms of the values being the same as raw, I would have paid the exact same for a raw card than I did for HGA nine. Like if this card came to me raw and it looked halfway decent, like a nine, I would pay the same for a raw. PSA nine definitely would have paid more for that obviously even the psa 9 is worth way more than the hga 9 right now um so that's where i'm at on that i i i don't have many thoughts on their grading uh, they it got an 8.5 on the surface and i definitely know why the back has a little dimple on it um the corners got a nine which kind of makes sense for contenders cards and the edges got a nine too which makes sense 9.5 centering i i'm not crazy about i like psa i think it's cool I think it could be something, but I'm not like nuts over it. Uh, I don't want Nate looking at my cards of great. Hey, it was my... it was fuzzy on my end. I'll die on that hill. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't fuzzy for anybody else, but the Aaron was very fuzzy for me. Maybe it was my internet. <laughs> Peeps, you take care too. Um, we're gonna be wrapping up this episode here pretty soon. So if anyone else has any last thoughts to discuss on uh, the current market status. So that we don't label it as something. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of thoughts. I mean, I, I get I get why people call it a crash. I get why we don't agree with that. It is what it is. It is right? what it is. Here's a good one. What would your thoughts be on 2012 Prism as an iconic set and a long-term hole with Prism as the kingpin of base cards right now? I would say a complete set of Prism is, is a great long-term investment. It depends when you bought it. If you bought the most expensive time, it might not be. If you bought it you know, anywhere between six months and eight months ago, a year ago, it would be. But yeah. Do you guys always go live and do this? I like the outlook of things. Yeah, we do actually. Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern time is the normal time. We bumped it forward an hour today because of Memorial Day uh, weekend and everything. But I do appreciate that uh, you you hear and watching. Um, trading card PSA rumors, blah, blah, blah. PSA 10 is being cut to average 8 to 10% on Morris orders now. A lot of people unhappy. What's your take? I will give you my take when my uh, value modern order is back from PSA that we sent in December. If... Uh, if it does poorly, I'll have very I'll have very hot takes. If it does well, <laughs> we'll be okay. <laughs> uh, hot take, Nate, gonna come in hot. Um, yeah. I will say for those of you that weren't here when I mentioned that I sent in a Super Express order, about three to four of the cards did way worse than I was expecting, and many myself and another person both looked at them. We both have a lot of experience in grading. Myself less than the other person, but. I cannot believe the grades that they got. Um, and I believe that they are not actually that great because I've also experienced this in the past of cards that got like a five that then turned into a nine. Um, so take that for what you will. There's a lot of subjectivity in grading, which is why if you if there's a rare card, a rare card you really want, and it's a nine, please buy it versus not buying it because it's not a 10. Please. That if there's one thing I want you to take away with it from this, like this, I had to have this no matter what company said it was a nine, and I bought it. That's the main point of this live, and I think that's how we're going to shut it down. But uh, go ahead. It brings us back to that Tatis earlier. BGS eight point five, not a love card, but value Wait, there, this, right? This yeah, this is a great point for Magic here. What's up, Aaron and Nate? All exclamation or all caps, but uh. One too many tees. I saw the fence before, but I'm selling my common modern base at 10 to 20% loss and reinvesting. Gonna try and make smart purchases. Thanks for insight. Here's my here's my big thing. Would you rather take a 10 to 20% loss, reinvest it, and make 30 to 40% 
or in the end, end up taking a 40, 50% loss. That's how yeah. I see it. That's how I see everything in the card market. And that's why I agree with magic. I agree too. I would, I, I am right there with you magic. And now my cards aren't back from PSA, but literally anything that is a Bowman Chrome base, even, even the autos to an extent, um, anything like that, you better believe I'm unloading it as soon as it gets out of the box. Hey, base. Well, what type of autos are you talking about? I'm talking Bowman Chrome base autos. <laughs> Those aren't that. I no, I know that. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. It's just not cool. It's just I'm, not just, cool I'm just saying, if I have the opportunity to unload some of this stuff and move it into something higher, oh. I'd rather unload, you know, two Bowman Chrome base autos and move it into a refractor or a purple. Totally agree. Totally agree. I just don't want you to take a little. Uh smoke away from Bowman Chrome autos like they were like base cards. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. I'm just saying if I can get if I can get colored for everything, I will. Except for my Bowman Chrome mojos. I love those. <laughs> they are cool. They are cool. I definitely like those too. Okay, everyone, thank you so much for joining us on today's show. Next week, 6 p.m. Eastern time, um, same day on Monday. Come back. We'll talk more about the market and see how everything is going. Um, but for now, thank you all for joining. It was a really good live. And thank you for coming out on this Monday Memorial Day. I was literally expecting maybe like 30 people to be in here. So to get, over to, to get over 200 is pretty awesome. And um, I want to just last thing is number five. I didn't bring it up during the stream, but do what's right for you. Don't listen to us and say, I need to do that. Don't listen to Nate and say, I need to do that. It's always about doing what's right for you. Nate said what he's doing, and that's what's right for him. I'm doing what I'm doing, and that's right for me. But also keep in mind to listen to many voices in the industry and make your own opinion based off those voices and then go from there. Or if you've been this long enough, you don't need to learn anything because you might know everything, which would be impressive because I don't know everything. I've been in this for a long time, too. Um, you just do your thing. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thank you so much. And we will see you next week. Appreciate all the support always. See you guys.